Welcome to Panther Pori, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Presented by Florida Hockey Now. Here are your hosts, Jacob Langsom, Alex Lopez, and TJ Peterson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Panther Paris, a Florida Hockey Now podcast. I am your host, Jacob Langsam. Here with me, as always, is my co-host, TJ Peterson. And uh, the 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 Barkov for Selkie narrative is getting real, real strong. And I think it's time to also add in Barkov for Hart. And also Sam Reinhardt is contending for the Rocket Richard. How about Sam Reinhardt for Hart? <laughs> Sam Reinhardt. <laughs> nice. That's what I do, baby. So the Panthers are coming off a really fun win against Dallas, or I should say a really fun third period against Dallas. Uh, very interesting game uh, that game against Dallas, and we're just going to go backwards uh, from Dallas to the last game that we have to talk about. Um, maybe. maybe. We'll, see, we'll see if we even want to talk about those, because they were so long ago. That is true. Um, yeah, so Panthers are coming off that uh, that win against Dallas. Uh, still sitting pretty second place in the Atlantic. Uh, haven't really made up a ton of ground on Boston. I think they are exactly where they were, in fact, uh, relative to Boston since the last time we recorded. Uh, the hilarious part is Toronto and Tampa both currently sitting in wild card spots. Uh, which I just think is really funny. I wouldn't expect that to last. You're right. Tampa's going to fall out of a playoff spot entirely. Exactly. Honestly, that there is like a real argument to be made for that. Tampa has played the most games in the league at the moment, and the Islanders are only actually, you know what? As of as of the end of the games tonight, I'm pretty sure the Lightning will be out of a playoff spot. Because the Islanders will have 29 points in 25 games. So the Lightning's 29 points in 27. I mean, Dom's model has them somewhere in the 40s in terms of percent chance to make the playoffs. I can get an exact number in a moment. I did want to look something else up, but you know what? Natural stat trick just isn't being nice to me today. So we'll have to return to that. And it was going to be something I would use in the conversation about Barkov for Hart and maybe Sam for the Reinhardt. We can start that campaign. I think he's a shoe in. I'm I'm totally stealing this joke from Doug Plagans, by the way. So shout out to Doug Plagans. Shout uh, out to Territory Talk. B- but let's uh, let's bring it back up whenever we can. And as Pablo Picasso once said, the qu- the quote is, "Good artists borrow, great artists steal." I got to be honest. I don't fully understand that. That's just because you're not a plagiarist. I guess that's very, why very I was relevant never a topic great this week. Very relevant topic. Uh, the H bomber guy video is is very good. If y'all get a chance to watch that, Dom actually has the Lightning right now projected to finish with ninety one points, and I guess not right now. This is actually from this morning, so before the games occurred, and the Lightning didn't play, right? I don't believe play- so. I think they played last night, and I'm pretty sure they beat the Penguins, who. I think are a better team than them. Oh no, and... the lightning. Oh, the lightning are currently in the process of losing to Nashville. Oh, okay. So Nashville's at three one. Uh, Is that in the third period? Yeah. Uh, first TV, first TV timeout of the third period. Looks so like. 
We'll return to that and see if Andrew Brunette gets his revenge. It seems like he's well on his way to getting at least some of his revenge. <laughs> uh, that certainly can't help their playoff probability. Look, if I they mean, lose it, it is only two goals. Yeah, and they do have Nikita Kucherov still leads the league in points, doesn't he? Yeah, I think so. He's the only person with more than 40. He has 44. He's the only person with 40. So anybody who drafted Nikita Kucherov in their fantasy league is doing great right now. That's me. I drafted Nikita Kucherov. I'm in first, and I haven't lost in a while, and I don't plan on losing. And a guy that I have on my fantasy team. I'm literally beating you. Oh, are you? Well, I am projected to beat you. By quite well, a, a guy bit, on fact. my fantasy team. Oh, no, I, I am literally beating you right now. I, I think you are projected to beat me. But I'm, it will I'm be my currently first loss 12 in like points five or six projected weeks. to win by 20. Well, a guy on my fantasy a, team that has really helped me out play. this season is Evan Rodriguez, who had a massive game for the Panthers oh, on Wednesday night. Oh, because Bo Horvat went off today, as did Roman Yossi. They had seven goals, the Islanders, which we're not going to talk about because why would we talk about that? Anyway, let's get back to... So Evan Rodriguez went off for four points against Dallas. Two very nice goals. Yeah. He had that one tap-in against Washington. You remember that one where Forsling just fed it through like five guys to Rodriguez at the back post, to use a soccer term? It's one of those goals that you try to score on NHL and you fail 19 times and maybe score on the 20th time. Yeah, but it's hype as fuck when you hit it on that 20th time. And then Erod on Wednesday completely snipes from his onside. I I guess that's not a good way to refer to the opposite side of the offside. (laughs) On his strong side, which it's harder to score on your strong side, he beats Ottinger clean. Over the is he right-handed, left-handed? I'm gonna say that he's right-handed. I might be wrong. He beats him on the glove side over the shoulder, clean, which is a really, really nice shot. And it was the Panthers' first shot of the game, so great way to get started. Yeah. And then was that the fourth goal that he scored? I'm pretty sure it was the fifth, right? He scored the game winner. What ended up being the game winner on the power play, he gets the puck in the slot, and many players would have thought to fire it immediately even if it wasn't in a perfect shooting position, which the position of the puck here is probably what influenced him not to shoot immediately. He could have tried to just put all of his force onto the stick, drive it as close to the net as possible and hope for chaos. But what he instead decided to do is motion his stick forward as if he was going to shoot, but in reality, use that motion to be able to control the puck and then wait for the defender and the goaltender to react as if you're shooting. And all of a sudden they're not in any kind of position to prevent you from just walking around them and putting it into an empty net. And that's what happened. It was a very heads up play. I, I I did a quick trip Twitter poll and over 50% of people think that was deliberate. It was not an accident that he was able to, drag it around both the goalie and the defender and basically put it into an empty net. Uh, One of the nicer goals that the Panthers have scored this year, Sam Reinhart also getting on the board in this game, Alexander Barkov also getting on the board in this game. So four goals for that line 
Now, I'm a little bit cheating by saying that because yeah, one three, of Erod's goals was on power play too. But three goals at five on five for that line, I believe they've only given up four goals four. this season. Yeah, that is correct. So they almost absolutely wild. Yeah, this is we're talking about one of the best lines in hockey. I would be surprised if it's not the best, but I haven't done the research yet, so I can't tell you it is. TJ, you don't need to do the research. Baselessly claim it and cherry pick stats to defend your position. This is how good easy hockey peasy. analysis is formed. <laughs> I cannot dispute what you're saying whatsoever. That's right. And even if you did, I would cherry pick stats to defend my position. So Erod now has twice as many goals this season as Matthew Kachuk, which is just wild. I That's a dumb sentence. Wait, actually, no, that's not true. Sorry. Because Erod has six goals and Matthew Kachuk has four. So that's not dumb. For a second, like I, I thought said, Matthew Kachuk had sentence. three goals. Let's let's say that he has three times as many goals as Anton Lundell or E2 Lestarunen. What's a so, fair number of minutes to to judge a line by right now? 150? Yeah, probably. Okay. Minimum 150. Barkov Reinhardt Rodriguez has the highest expected goals for percentage in the league. Damn, son. Second is Martin Uxtall Faust. Third is Bertuzzi Tavares Nylander. Fourth is Bjorkstrand Gord Tolvanen. Fifth is Marchman Duchesne Sagan. Okay, we're going way back with this one. But uh, to bolster the point of Sasha Barkov for the heart, there are, let me count as how many players I, I should have done this. There are 19 players that when they're on the ice at five on five, their team is scoring four goals per 60 minutes. 19 guys. Barkov is the only one whose team... Ah, damn, that doesn't work, actually. There are two players (laughs) whose teams are giving up fewer than two goals per 60 minutes. One of them is Alex Dabrinkat, and the Red Wings are giving up 1.93 goals in his minutes. And then there's Barkov. Alex Dabrinkat for Selkie? Question mark? And then there's Barkov. The Panthers are giving up 0.85 goals for 60 minutes when he's on the ice. So... He has the best goal differential per 60 in the league by a mile. And he's playing against top lines, top pairings every single game. It's no contest right now. Like, this is a Bergeron-level Selkie runaway campaign. God damn, dude. (laughs) Markov is so good. Yeah, this this is truly his best season. So far, yeah. I like I will say I I always say that the Selkie is a reputational award and they very rarely give it to the player who actually deserves it and I do count Barkov's 2021 season among those he like he didn't yeah he deserved it the year before um but they're getting better about it though like they are Bergeron is winning well, like it's easy to get better at it when you can just click the Bergeron button and have a yeah. really good case to 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 be right yeah I mean, he's won. He won the last two. Bergeron, Bergeron, Barkov, Couturier, O'Reilly, Kopitar, Bergeron, Kopitar, Bergeron, Bergeron. Jesus Christ! Yeah, I mean, it's going to be renamed two, the Bergeron three, Award at some four, point. Four, five, six. He's good. He was good. <laughs> he's still good, probably. Pop quiz, TJ. Uh huh. Who won the last Selkie before Bergeron's first? 
I'm going to go with Pavel Datsuk. Great guess. Incorrect. The answer is Ryan Kessler. Oh, that's a good one. Datsuk won the three before him. Oh, I was so close. <laughs> that's why I said great guess. I know he won three straight Selkies. Yeah. 08, 09, and 2010. We're coming up on his Hall of Fame candidacy. It's going to be, uh, he's getting in. First ballot. But a, a mean, reassessment of his career will be very interesting because usually guys that have as many points as him have basically no chance, but he's got the elite defensive metrics. Yeah. Which. And the hardware. Is also, that's right. He's also got a couple of cups. And Datsuk too is on the Panthers right now, and we can all be. Exactly what I was about to that. say. There's there's a very good case to be made that Barkov's closest comparable in terms of skill is Pavel Datsuk. Yeah, I mean he's better offensively than Taves ever was. I mean, yeah, Taves he could score, but Taves was never a lead offensively. Right. He was very good. Like there were a few seasons there where he was like a top ten center in the league, maybe even top five. But he right. was never, but because of how dominant he guy. was defensively, yeah, yeah. There were a few seasons there where he had to kind of abandon the defense thing because he was the only guy that could score. Yeah, and that's still Mostly the case his now. First three seasons, it's basically him and the guys that play with him, and sometimes Kachuk, and nobody else scores. These last three years of Barkov, though, last four years really, have just been off the walls good. While you're looking at the list of Selkie winners, it's unbelievable that Mark Stone's not on there. It's not that unbelievable. It's unfortunate and probably incorrect, but it's not unbelievable, unfortunately. I guess, but... You know, if you don't think about it in those terms of that he's a winger and everybody's not going to yeah. vote for a winger. Like, he's the most dominant player of the post-Bergeron generation defensively. If Barkov played like this defensively every year, it would be him, but he hasn't. He has for the last four years. He's been good for the last four years. Two years ago, it looks like he was merely a good defensive player. And the year before, a good defensive player. The last two years, an elite defensive player. And not to mention the fucking He's been an elite two-way player for the last four years. Yeah, he's been one of the best two-way players in the league pretty much his entire career. Some years where he simply couldn't do the the defense that he's capable of doing. He just had to conserve all his energy to try and score because he was the only one who could. He was playing 25 minutes a night because they had nobody else. And it was brutal. And it definitely hurt his development. But now he's in a position to succeed. Well, actually, you know, the funny thing is that the, the composition of the team in terms of the scoring, where the scoring is coming from, is basically the same now. The team doesn't score when the bottom six is out there. They just don't. Um, Itu has two goals this year. Lundell has two goals this year. Cousins has two goals this year. Lomberg has two goals this year. Sounds like the bottom six. Steven Lorenz has one goal this year. Jonah Gadjevich has no goals. William Lockwood, no goals. I looked this up yesterday. Jonah Gadjevich is awesome. 
I he mean, he's been he fine. Yeah, he doesn't I'm not. Score a, I'm not asking a fourth line guy to score every other game, but this is just the fact of the matter. They don't score at all, and it hasn't been a problem so far because the top six is just knocking everything out of the park. And honestly, you can kind of think of it as well. Great, we know exactly what we needed the trade deadline now. Any Stenland? kind of scoring depth. Kevin Stenland has six goals. He is the only one in the bottom six that has more than two. I just read all, all the players that were at the 25 game mark. Those True. players are not on a double digit goal scoring frankly, pace. Yeah, None frankly, the only player that I'm concerned about on that list is Lundell. What about Etu? We just signed him to a three year extension. Yeah, for like two and a half million dollars. You want a guy that's making two and a half million dollars score more than two goals in 25 Of course games. you want that, but that doesn't mean it's a concern. You kind of need that. Cap's Look, it's, going it's, up four or five million dollars next year. Score in the playoffs. That's all I ask, really. Like at this point, we can kind of say, barring some sort of collapse, which isn't going to happen because we have all of the data to tell us that it isn't going to happen. Why bother even playing the next 60 games? Exactly. They don't matter. <laughs> they 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 are going to make these guys some money. That's it. We like we and the NBA in season tournament going on as I'm saying this is kind of driving the point home for me. We shouldn't logically care about these games at all. Yeah, we should. But we do because it's fun. Yep. Entertainment. That's lobstertainment. That's I couldn't agree more. And last night was very entertaining. I have to, I have to say that. Uh, the rest of the week, they had a couple of losses that Anthony Stolarz was in net for. And the unfortunate thing about the Islander loss is that none of us watched it, so we can't give you any insight. But both of us watched the Canadians game, and that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Hence, like these games being fun. It seemed like for a while Montreal was putting up a surprisingly good fight, and then it was Caden Primo who was in net, right? Let's just say it was Caden Primo, and I can be told I was wrong later. His glove hand was just not there because the Panthers went after it. Rodriguez scored on the glove hand. Verhage scored on the glove hand. I can't remember the other players that scored on the glove hand, but they scored on the glove hand. Five goals, all on the glove hand. Barkov, Hagee, Erod, OEL, and Bennett had the goals in that game. Yeah. I I couldn't tell you what hand they scored on. Bennett only has three goals, I believe, which is understandable considering how much of the season that he missed. But if you look at the number of goals that every player on this team has scored, it really does put into perspective how top-heavy the goal scoring is. And Kachuk and Bennett aren't even part of that top right now. Yeah. It's for Hagee and the top line. And I guess not even really Erod because he only has six. Only six? Yeah. I mean, six is. Dude's on pace for 20 is... goals. And we're yeah, he's on a 20 goal pace. Like, that's pretty soft. <laughs> if he gets these two goal games every once in a while, he'll definitely hit 20 goals. What, what a confounding player. Offensively, at least. You know, the defense is going to be there every night. Yeah. I, I think he's been a very good addition. I'm really excited oh, about yeah. him for the next few years. I know there's been a he lot of conjecture He is a third of the best line ability. in the NHL. True. I just read those Barkov numbers. Erod has basically been stapled to Barkov. Yeah. 
Reinhardt has not, but not always. It's yeah. been working real well when he is. I mean, yeah. And look, those numbers suggest that it's working all the time for Barkov. Yeah. If you have the best goal differential per 60 in the entire league, you know, there's minimum ice time that I'm taking into account. So I don't include some guy that has a goal scored in the 10 minutes that he's played this year. <laughs> Something's going right for you. Wait, I need to see something now. Damn. Still Barkov? I am surprised that Jonah Gadjevich is one goal for three goals against. You shouldn't be. He's on the fourth line. Yeah, but his shot at his shot attempt differential is crazy. Oh, okay. so he's rocking PDO. a fifty-six percent Corsi. That's just PDO then. Yeah, don't worry about it, dude. Gadjevich has like actually been good. Yeah, I thought he was going to be horrible. I thought he was going to be Giovanni Smith Part Two. I was wrong. Yeah, I thought he's he was been gonna be perfectly pretty, fine. I, 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 I he, this Gadjevich was the one player that the Panthers signed this past offseason that I was, like, notably upset by. But and that's that mostly because he did something. He did it something last during season. The season. I don't remember what he did last season to make me hate him, but he did something during a Sharks-Panthers game last year that made me tweet my disdain for him. So I mean, when the Panthers signed him, I was upset. And now I'm his number one fan because he rules. And also he beats the shit out of people. That's probably why you didn't like him. Yeah, he probably fought someone that I didn't want him to fight. They're, <laughs> they're, the Panthers fair. are trying to collect these guys that you hate them unless they're on your team. Bennett, Kachuk, Gadjevich, Lomberg. <laughs> Any of the defensemen going there? Um, I don't think so. Not really. You can make a case for Mikola, but he's never no, been like a Mikola, fighter. He's just yeah, big. he's not super violent. Yeah, he is simply large. That is the one way that he is different from Gudis. That he is maybe large. not the one way because there are a couple of others. I would say there I, are two. Yeah, Mikola is actually big. Gudis just plays like he's big, and mm-hmm. Gudis is violent, and Mikola is not. Gentle giant. Like Radko Gudis can't stress enough, listed at six foot even. And you know that the listed heights are exaggerated. Mikola has three goals this season. Yeah, by the way, Nico Mikola also, like, I'm very glad. Mikola was the one guy that I specifically withheld judgment on going into the season. He was the one guy that I wanted to say I don't think so, but I, I knew. I knew that that's the one that could bite me in the ass if I said it out loud, so I didn't. And I'm so glad I didn't. Yeah, it was OEL for me. I always thought there was upside to this. I mean, I I thought that there could be upside to Mikola, but I didn't think it was very likely. Yeah, I definitely didn't think we would get this. Like, no question. He's been he's been great. I mean, yeah, I, like fabulous. Been I, so good. I have identified the problem. It is the St. Louis Blues because they are awful. Well, he also sucked for the Rangers, though. I remember Rangers fans saying that he was good for them. I'm sure they liked him because he's six foot four and is responsible defensively. I'm imagining that that's all they could ask for, but they just got dominated puck possession wise in that playoff series to such an extent, at least in the games that they lost, that it was only going one way. Holy shit, dude. Gudis has been a fucking wagon this year. Yeah, he's just great. 
That's the thing. He's you awesome. Know, you know what's really upsetting about the fact that I'm admitting that I really like Nico Mikola and how good he's been? Uh-huh. His charts are bad. Way more similar to someone like a Mark Stahl than a Radko Gudis. Oh, wow. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Are we talking about good Mark Stahl? We're talking about defensively responsible, but offensively kind of a non-factor Mark Stahl. So like when Mark Stahl and Antron Strawman were playing together in New York. Stahl, Stahl's been all right. Mark Stahl's actually been all right this year. Yeah, last year Mark Stahl was... Old. Eh. He was, I mean, he was effective defensively, but he was just a fucking black hole offensively. Also, and I hate him. That's true, too. I'm glad he's gone. <laughs> I thought you were about to say I'm glad he's dead. <laughs> he's very much alive. Look, I don't <laughs> wish death upon him, but I'm going to say mean things about him in hopes that it inspires him to change. But he'll never hear them. So, yeah, I was going to say that would require that he would listen to this. And he is in even less of a position to listen to this now. Lightning lost five to one, by the way. Oh, you love to see it. I, I love to see that Nikita Kutra is putting up massive amounts of points and everybody else is failing miserably because my fantasy team appreciates that. Yeah. Well, you're still losing to me. They're, they're actually up to 50% XG at five on five. When we last discussed their XG, they were hovering around the low 40s. So they've turned that around. And if Vasilevsky comes back with a vengeance, they could be in completely fine shape. But they're in a hole. They're in a bit of a hole. Penguins are kind of there too. I mean, Penguins are in a bigger hole, but they've played better all year. Yeah, right. The Penguins also have the stats to back up the idea that they will be better. The Lightning really haven't. You want to know something amazing? Always the, the Penguins goal differential at five on five this year is plus 17. Yeah. And they are NHL 500. How do you explain that? How do you like, how is your special teams minus nine? Even to have a plus eight goal differential in general and be seventh place out of eight in your division is insane. Yeah. I think they'll be fine. I hope so for the sake of our over unders. Ottawa has a bizarre. Goal differential and a bad record and bad analytics. I think it's because <laughs> um, what's the Blue Jackets goalie they signed over the summer? Cor- Corpusala. Corpusala has been good, and he's covered up a lot of their bad analytics. Ottawa has the fourth best goal differential in the Atlantic. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense because their <laughs> analytics are garbage. While sitting in eighth place, like Ottawa's a forty-six percent XG team. That's twenty-sixth. That's a bad team, and I don't think I'm breaking any news by saying that. No, especially not to our listeners, who have to put up with Alex. (laughs) True. (laughs) And Toronto's still hovering at the 49-48 XG. I guess that I understand that they're having a moderate amount of success this year because Nylander and Matthews are just ripping the world to shreds. I unfortunately have to correct something that I said earlier today. The Islanders' big win over the Blue Jackets did not, in fact, knock Tampa out of a playoff spot. They were already out? Because, no. Uh, Tampa, while they do have 29 points in 28 games, uh, and the Islanders have 29 points in 25 games, the Islanders did not take thir- uh, did not take the second wild card. 
they instead took third place in the Metro, knocking Philadelphia, who has 28 points, out of a playoff spot. Yeah, but by points percentage, ahead of Lightning. Yeah, but we're not talking by points percentage. I thought tonight was going to end with Tampa being out of a playoff spot, and they are not. With the most games played in the league. Unfortunately, not. Not yet, anyway. I can't believe I am now in a position where I want Philadelphia to win games just because it would be funny. Actually, hold on. Yes! I take it back. They're out. Philadelphia is about to start the third period against Arizona, and they're up 3-1. to one. If Philadelphia okay, so can pull we'll out to... a win against Arizona, I'm on, Tampa I'm will on be out of a playoff spot by the, the end result of the result of Philadelphia-Arizona. What a wild sentence. Yeah. <laughs> we care about the result of the Philadelphia-Arizona game. And not because, because it will we're... affect whether or not Tampa ends the night. In a not because we're spot. degenerate gamblers either. True. <laughs> Entertainment purposes only. Entertainment purposes only. So I was kind of saying earlier, regular rest of the regular season doesn't matter. Obviously, that's a bit of an overstatement. But I'm curious as to going into these next few games, is there something that you're going to be watching out for? Like, are you waiting for... Lundell, Lusterine, and somebody to start scoring. Are you? Yeah, Matthew Kachuk. <laughs> is that like the number one thing you Look, would say? As far as players who I think are not scoring up to their potential, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Matthew Kachuk has been dominant on the ice. Like he's been great when you're not talking about the score sheet. And I mean, he is still, but I assists. want the Panthers to have four 40 goal scorers. Yeah, and he's got four goals. Holy and we are well over a tenth of the season. Fucking shit, dude. All right. Let's play another little trivia game, TJ. I'm looking forward to it. What do you think the offensive impact on Matthew Kachuk's hockey viz chart is? What do you I'm think the number 22. is? 22. You're wrong. And you're low. Damn. It's 35. Oh, my God. <laughs> what the fuck? Are you shitting me? I am I am not shit. Oh my god, that's like fucking maroon in front of the net. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's insane, dude. Yeah, I'm not worried about Matthew Kachuk. Yeah, nobody should be worried about it, but <laughs> holy shit, dude. I wonder if the individual XG puts up is starting to get a little bit dramatic just because of his tendency to shoot as close to the net as possible, even if it is jamming into pads at many times. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, oh Matthew Kachuk still awesome. I Plus wouldn't be 35%, dude. <laughs> I wouldn't be super worried about it. Um, something that we haven't discussed at all this podcast that I'm interested in seeing what happens with is the goaltending position. I find it kind of bizarre that Spencer Knight's name doesn't get brought up like pretty much ever by the media. I think that a lot of the times that it gets brought up by fans, it is a little bit melodramatic. But it is bizarre that at this point in the season, we don't really have anything in terms of, yeah, we want to keep him in the AHL a little bit longer, or like we we think that he needs to spend the whole season in the AHL. Is it performance? Like, is it dependent upon performance? I don't really know what they're doing there. 
it does seem like Stolarz is playing well enough because he's got yeah. 2.3 goals saved above expected this season and actually has a better goal save above expected per 60 than Bob at about 0.38 to 0.2, 0.2 something, 0.21. So where where do you think that stands? I'm not asking you to read minds, but like, what's your feel on it? I don't know. It, it doesn't seem like Spencer Knight's been having the best season in the AHL. Uh, but it seems so like he's far, playing well enough. Yeah, but not at the level I think that you'd be comfortable calling him up to use him in the NHL. I, I would be comfortable, but I don't know if that's what you're asking for. Oh, okay. Actually, yeah. Let me see. Because my yeah, that it, it's a number below what you would hope for. Oh, okay. Yeah. At this point in Spencer Knight's career, so that's unfortunate. Benjamin the is, is currently rocking 891 for those of you yeah, listening. in the AHL, and that's that's concerning. Okay, well, his his stats were above 900 until his three most recent starts, all of them under 90% shots saved. And that's not what you want. I don't think I need to tell you people that. So hopefully that turns around, because otherwise... He's making four and a half million dollars. Yeah. Does does he still have positive trade value at that number? I would have to imagine he does. I think I, I think his trade value is probably as low as it's ever been right now. Well, yes, but th- th- I'm asking you, like, if they put him on the market, are teams gonna be calling oh, them yeah. right away? Probably. Maybe not right away, but I, I think you would get some serious interest. Uh, with offers that would provide value. Like the Panthers wouldn't have to add on to dump Spencer Knight, nor should they for the record. No, absolutely. I want to make sure we're very clear. We do not, we would not endorse trading Spencer Knight right now unless someone comes in with just like a bonkers offer that would benefit the Panthers. Um, Well, look, shit or get off the pot. Like if you're not going to play him in the NHL, trade him. I am not endorsing trading Spencer Knight unless the Panthers get in an offer that is highly beneficial to them. I would like what I want more than them to trade him is for them to have a plan to integrate him into the NHL to the extent that he gets a couple of games to see if he can still succeed at that level to the extent that he had in the past. There's a reason he got four and a half million. He was good in the NHL. Not every single game he played, but many of them he was. Yeah, And his AHL struggles have been more recent too. So you would have said like, okay, well, he's coming back from being in the player assistance program. He's got to be in the AHL, get up to speed. He was good in the AHL from the get. Maybe it's a conditioning thing. Like, we Devin Levi this year, I totally think it's a conditioning thing that he struggled because he's just not used to playing the volume of games. And that's so big for goalies. Yeah. You shouldn't really be surprised when a goalie plays like a limited number of games and they start balling out and you've never heard of them before, <laughs> or they're like a backup type of goalie when they sustain it. That's when it becomes interesting. Anyway, Alex Lyon has a 9.47 this season. Yeah. Alex <laughs> Lyon. I mean, he's sustaining it, though. We we saw this last year. He was playing game after game, sustaining it. 
Panthers He's really good. should have kept him. I mean, Stolars has been good too. Yeah, but not as good as Lion. Because I, I think Lion, he was funny. He was very good. He was compelling. You, you, you used to remember that he was given the camera, the eyes, and the, yeah, in the tunnel. Yeah, of course. And yeah, Stolars does have a 917 this year. It's not like he's been bad and Lion's been killing it in starters minutes. Yeah. I miss him, though. Me too. Sentimental reasons, at least. Last year's playoff run doesn't happen without Alex Lyon. Oh, there's no question. He was phenomenal. Especially, like, in the games that he played on the second night of a back-to-back. Like, crazy. Yeah. Like, two two back-to-back games he played. And the second game, he was good. Devin he Levi, beat that by Bruins the way, team. Devin Levi's games. got a 921 uh, in the AHL this season. Yeah, that's not bad. It's quite good, in fact. Yeah, he hasn't been quite Levi. as successful in uh, in the NHL, like you were saying. Man, the Lakers are putting it on the Pelicans in the it's in-season tournament. Do you have any thoughts on stupid. the in-season tournament? Like, No, idea? I don't watch basketball. No, but like the idea. Oh, yeah, the idea is cool if you can integrate it properly. Do you think and it I would think work in the NHL? The NBA is doing it where regular season games are counting for the in-season tournament until like the final four, right? Yeah, I believe I believe that the semifinals also count as regular season games too. Hmm. It's just the final that's a, a standalone game. That's interesting. Yeah, a, a way to integrate that into the like without adding extra work for the players. Um, it is cool. I don't totally get the point though, and I'm probably just missing something. Well, like, remember I when I said that the rest trophy. of the regular season is kind of pointless? Yeah. That's the point. This stretch of the regular season is just not compelling. Because if your team's out of the playoffs and they lose another game, you could just say to yourself, well, there's 60 games left. We, we'll be fine. True. True. And, you know, vice versa for winning. Like, there, oh, there's still plenty of yeah. time for us to blow it. Looking at you, Detroit and Vancouver. But Vancouver Detroit, the Detroit just fucking blew a lead to San Jose and lost in overtime. Yeah, San Jose's beating everybody these days. It's crazy. They just beaten the Devils. They just beaten the Islanders. They just beat the Red Wings. Canucks not long too long ago. I don't think they're going to be one of the worst teams in NHL history. They might not even be the worst team this season because the Blackhawks are whatever the opposite of plateauing is. They're plummeting. Valleying? Well, the opposite yeah, of a plateau so. wouldn't be a plummet. Yeah, that team is really struggling. Connor Bedard is the one guy that does stuff for them. Detroit and... was up four nothing. Yeah, and they San blew Jose a four nothing lead. San Jose ended up winning six to five. They blew the four nothing lead in like six minutes. <laughs> I need to make sure Alex Lyon wasn't in that for this because, like, I can't. It was Blackwood versus. Shout out to Huso. Blackwood. Blackwood versus Huso. I do like Huso too, but yeah, I don't think. The I... Funny part is that this was also Patrick Kane's debut as a red. Yeah, Bull. and apparently he was a minus three. Uh, I I was. Let's see, no goals, no assists. Classic. No points. Three shots. Sixteen minutes of ice time. Twenty-two shifts. He was a minus one. Oh, minus one. My bad. No pims, no blocks, no hits. He kind of just Stopped. skated. 
He kind of just skated for 16 and a half minutes. As the minutes. kids say, it was cardio. Yeah, Patrick Kane just did 16 minutes of cardio, which, like, good for him. Yeah. Staying healthy at 34 in, years old. Get, get into good shape again. Yeah, you've got to stay, stay healthy at 46 years old. I mean, cardio is really important to stay healthy when you're 57, like Patrick Kane. Like, it's crazy I mean, how much cardio someone like Do Patrick you really Kane expect them to be putting to up points in the NHL these days? Patrick Kane has passed away at the age of 90. <laughs> After doing 16 minutes of cardio. It was just too much. For a 126-year-old Patrick Kane. Out for the season, old age. <laughs> anyway, rate us five stars at Blueberry Academy. Uh, and let me know in the comments what starter you'll be shiny hunting first in the Indigo Disc DLC uh, for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. I'm starting with Mudkip. Always start with Mudkip. I mean, Mudkip's got a nice shiny. It'll be fun to it'll be it'll be fun to hunt. Oh yeah, Mudkip totally shiny is really nice. Like how yeah. good Mudkip shiny is. Definitely get it. Yeah. I mean, I know what a shiny is. I'm just I'm just saying I don't know how nice it is compared to the others. No idea. Uh, as far as the starters go, Mudkip has a very nice shiny. Yeah, I wouldn't imagine the starters have great shinies. They're not super compelling, usually. Yeah, big, big shiny knowledge guy, are you? I just mean, once you get to the point where you're hunting shinies, Bulbasaur kind of loses its luster. Do you have any idea what shiny Bulbasaur looks like? I don't, no. So I just be Bulbasaur in general. Oh, that's incorrect. The starters are all generally, well, not all of them, but most for the most part, the starters are good Pokemon. Like Venusaur gets used competitively. Okay, but that's not a starter because it's an evolved form of, of a starter, which makes it a starter. The fully evolved forms are still considered starters. Okay, then... I'll retract everything I said because <laughs> I was only talking about the pre-evolved. But most of the starters don't have super interesting shinies. Mudkip does have a fun shiny. Shout out to shiny Mudkip. <laughs> Keeping it real since 1963. <laughs> that is such a specific joke that only an extremely specific set of people. I don't know what the overlap is between people who listen to our podcast and people who will get that joke. It might only it. it might only be me. Uh if anyone has ever watched the Jello Apocalypse series on YouTube, so this is basically and has seen the Pokemon entry of that series, let me know because I really hope that the Venn diagram of people who watch Jello Apocalypse and people who listen to this podcast is not two distinct circles with the thinnest of overlaps just for my existence. And with that, I'm out. Good night, everyone. Go Panthers. Mm-hmm.